Today's passage is from Deuteronomy 5:18 and Matthew 5:27 to 30. You shall not commit adultery. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who look at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Victor, for praying. I thank you, Ernest, for reading. Um, uh, would you guys just pray with me as we open God's word? Um, dear Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you uh, that you are a God that, um, that reveals to us, uh, that you are a God um, that reveals to us uh, what you have to say, Lord. I pray that you would just um, be upon us, Lord God, uh, that you would bring conviction to us, Lord. Um, that I pray that the words that come out of my mouth would not be my words, but your words, Lord God. I pray um, all of this in Jesus' name. Uh, amen. So, um, I don't know if you guys um, have seen this show. This is one of my favorite shows. Uh, it's called Shark Tank. Um, and really what this is, is there's some entrepreneurs that go on there. They have some app. They have some, some business that they want. And they're basically asking these sharks, these very successful um, business um, men and women, to invest in their product. And really this, um, and let's just watch this clip and just see uh, this now. So we play the clip. Sorry. Is there? Is there sound? Sorry. Is, is there no sound to this? Uh, so, sorry. Okay, yeah, try again, sorry. Yeah, if not, that's okay. Yeah, um, it's okay. I'll just, I'll just go to, yeah. Um, yeah. So actually, basically, what this, what the clip was, is there's this guy. He was pitching this app. Okay. This this app was what what is what he said was called a cheater's app, right? Basically, this app was he was presenting this to the sharks and saying, look, if you if you buy this app, basically, if you want to cheat on your your wife or your girlfriend, right? This basically is like a privacy app. It makes it. Um, 
uh, all the, he, it blocks basically, um, um, it puts basically all these messages from, you know, this, this other person, right? And, and it blocks those messages and puts it in a special place so that you can look at it later, right? He's promoting, he, he promotes it as a cheater's app, right? On this, this thing, Shark Tank. Actually, as I was looking at this, right, as I went on the internet, actually, there are so many sites and, and, and apps dedicated purely so that you can have an, uh, an adultery, right? It's, it's there that, you know, if you are married, right? Yeah, go to this app and there are other married people that also want to have an adultery, uh, an adulterous um, uh, a relationship. See, the world, what this shows is that the world has seen adultery and in fact has normalized this, this, this sin. But see, today we are going to see as believers, right, actually adultery is not something that should be normalized. Actually, in fact, adultery is a very serious thing that we should consider, that we should think about this. And the first thing that we need to do when we do this is, well, we need to redefine our idea of what we think adultery is. We need to redefine our thought of what we think adultery is. You might be sitting here and thinking, oh, you know, I, you know, as we're going through these Ten Commandments, oh, I'm struggling with that one. Oh, yes, maybe that one. And you might have come today and thought, oh, yeah, you shall not commit adultery. Oh, I have that checked. I haven't had, you know, sex with someone outside of my marriage. Or you might be sitting here thinking, oh, I'm a teenager. I'm single, Rhoda. I'm not married. I've got this. It's good, right? Here's the thing. Actually, adultery is more than just this physical act. In fact, the reason why we read Matthew 5 is that Jesus himself explains more what adultery is. And it's more than just this act of having sex outside of your marriage. No, it's, it's a heart issue. And he redefines it. And we need to redefine our idea of what adultery is, right? Here, here's the thing, right? Well, let's talk about what it meant in the Old Testament, right? When it's talking in Deuteronomy, you shall not commit adultery. Actually, in the Old Testament, this was a really serious commandment. This was, this was a really serious commandment. In fact, right, if you, if you did this sin, the, you had the highest punishment, which was death. In fact, if you committed the sin and you were and you were the other person that committed that had someone commit adultery, you too were also stoned in the Bible. Right? It is a really serious thing. Even in the even if you look at the other places in 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 the other ancient time um, um, ancient nations of that time, even they in their laws have you shall not commit adultery, right? The other nations of that time thought that. And here's the difference, though. See, for them, most of the time they were concerned about people having adultery because they were concerned about their own line and their lineage, right? You know, if I'm, you know, have my line and my sons, you know, they get the inheritance. If I have this other adultery, there could be an heir that could come and take over my kingdom. That's why they had that. Um, that's why in the other nations had that um, that law. But see, as, as us who are believers, as, as the followers of Christ, right, 
Adultery here is the assault upon the sanctity of a nuclear family, which is divinely ordained, right? God had ordained what a family was, which is Genesis 2.18, Proverbs 18, right? That you would find someone else and you would become one flesh. You would become one, one, one being, right? And, and that would, and that then you would have children, right? And, and the children, right, would, and you would raise them in God. And that, that is a family. And that is what adultery is. It's an assault upon the, the, the divine um, ordained family structure. And then we come into the New Testament where we see Matthew, in Matthew where Jesus says, um, see this, uh, Matthew 5 here is, it comes from, it comes from the Sermon on the Mount. So if you're wondering where it's from, it's from the Sermon on the Mount. And, and it's these six antitheses, right? And it's the idea where it's, you've heard this said, but right, I say, right, and Jesus, really what he's doing is he's not criticizing what the Old Testament is saying, right, no, what he's actually doing is, is he's taking what, what people, the misunderstandings of what people thought the Old Testament said and have adopted, and he's expanding upon it, and one of these things is adultery, right? The idea here actually is that, that the, the people in this day, in, in that day, saw adultery and they thought, many, like many of us some of, some of the time, that it's purely a physical act, that it's purely something physical. Actually, it's a theft. They thought it was a theft. I'm stealing someone else's wife and that's all it is. And see, what Jesus does here is he takes it and he says, no, it is not just a physical act. It's not, it is a purity issue. It is a spiritual issue. It is a purity issue. And when you, when you commit this sin, right, there's something in you that, that becomes unpure. And he says, look, it's, it's even more than this. Look, look what he says. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. And he redefines it. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Anyone who looks at a woman lustfully. Right? Just this look of lust that causes you, that is already Adultery, that is already a sin. Right? That word, um, look here, um, it, it means to take in sight of something, to look at, to observe. It's this like intense stare, right? He's not saying, look, if you look at a woman, oh, she's really beautiful. It's not saying you shouldn't, you can't look at anyone and, and think that they're, they're gorgeous or beautiful or handsome. But what it is, is, is when people looked, right, they came from there and then they intensely stare, right? They, they, they notice, they take notice. And then what happens is, is that there is this strong desire that is in their heart for something. That's what lust is, is this strong desire to the point where, where um, uh, the, the um, D.A. Carson says, most likely implying taking a woman's beauty in an imaginative exercise of sexual possession. You see, it's intensely staring at something, at someone, and intensely 
wanting that, this strong desire, to the point that even in your mind, you've already used your imagination. Right? That, that is what lust is. That is what adultery is. It's not the physical act. It's something that is pure. Right? He goes on to say, right, he uses this phrase, and actually this, this um, you, you've probably heard of this before, right? If, if a sin causes you, if your right hand causes you to sort of cut it off, if your feet have, uh, causes you to sin, cut it off, right? He uses that actually, again, in, in Matthew 18, right? And actually what that is, is it's a strong warning to the disciples, look, you need to worry about sin, right? Because these sins, right, and that one he's talking about the kingdom, and he's saying in that one that, look, if, if those sins, if that's causing you to not go into the kingdom of heaven, that should be something you should be worried about, right? And now we come back to here, and we can see actually the differences, which is interesting here, right? If your right eye, right? So in the other one, he only mentions the hands and the feet. In this one, he mentions the eye and the hand. If your right eye, right meaning dominant, this is the thing that is strong in you. If your right eye causes you to stumble, that word there is snare. It's like a trap. If it causes you, if it traps you, and then really what it does is it causes you to sin, right? If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away because it is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away, it is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body um, to go into hell. See, he's giving you this great warning. Look, he's warning them, look, this, your, your adultery, this, this impurity in you can easily lead you to idolatry, can easily lead you to, to, to not be in the kingdom easily, right? He, he uses the eye because why? Because it is with our eyes that it starts. It is with the eyes that we get this temptation, right? It is with our eyes that gets this temptation. And then it is with the hand probably symbolizing actually the deed that happens, right? The stealing of someone else. The actual, um, in Isaiah, um, it talks about the actual act of sexual sins done with the hand, with the right hand, right? Jesus is saying, look, this is something that is important, right? This is something that could cause you to, to lose your, your faith. Paul writes about this again in Ephesians uh, 5, um, 5, 3 to, to 5. We don't have time to go over that. But Paul also says, uses this strong language, and he says, look, this is a sin that could easily cause you to go away from God. See, adultery here, if you actually think about it, it's actually the ultimate sexual sin, right? There are a lot of other little sexual sins, other sexual sins there is, right? Right, adultery is the ultimate one, right? In, in the Old Testament, like we said, it was, it was the, the um, it, it deserved the death penalty. It was so great. The thing is, is that it, this can be, um, the thing is, is if we even do little sexual sins like lust, or if we, you know, do um, other sexual, uh, watching pornography or having premarital sex. Here's the thing about this, right? Those are bad. 
And the thing is, is if we do them, right, actually easily, if we do these things, it can easily lead up to this big sin. It's, it's really interesting that people who fall into adultery, they're actually quite surprised how easy it was to get there, right? They're actually quite as surprised when they actually fall into that sin. The thing is, is because if you've already done these small sins, doing this big sin actually becomes really easy. We need to think about those things, right? Luther says that um, this passage talks about all sins, right? John Stott also says that the, these, this encompasses all sexual sins, right? That, that, again, in the idea that it can lead to adultery, we need to, I hope that this has redefined your view of adultery. Because it is more than just a physical act, right? It is any sexual act that jeopardizes a marriage, even a future marriage. Maybe you, you are married and maybe you have fallen into this sin. Please repent. Maybe you're sitting here, maybe you're a teenager, maybe you're, you're single, right? And, and you think, oh, this doesn't apply to you. Right? Actually, if we think about, uh, if we think about, right, our future marriage, if we think about um, a marriage in, in itself, right, the habits that we start now, the habits as someone who's single that we start now, if we start lusting now, if we start thinking about um, uh, premarital sex, if, if, we, if we start doing pornography, these habits will go into our future marriage, right? We bring these things into that. And it's easy, again, to just fall into that. We still, as people, as, as I am single, I still have to think about these things in the bigger perspective. Well, how can we do this? Well, um, the thing is, is we need to find, maybe you are, have fallen into this. Well, you need to find what is causing you to commit these things. Or maybe a better question is, what is causing this intense desire for someone else? Right? Jesus says that we are to cut the things right, of our life that causes us to do this sin. What is it that is causing you this intense inward desire? Vadi Bakum is a preacher, and he, um, and he says, look, he really thought about it. Um, and he's someone who's married, right? And he said, look, maybe it's dissatisfaction. Maybe it's the idea that in your marriage you feel that you are not satisfied. And you think that if I, if I try with someone else, if I go with someone else, that that satisfaction will be fulfilled. Well, here's the thing, right? Even if you, even if you, if you, if you find someone else, that satisfaction will not be fully satisfied because the thing is, is that Christ is the only one who can fully satisfy us. And we can see this with, um, with we can see this with, with celebrities, right? Think about the, the, the most, perf, you know, prettiest, you know, good-looking guy marries a very pretty, you know, woman. How long do those marriages last? They don't. You, you might think that, oh, this pretty person will satisfy my need. The thing is, Christ is the only one. Maybe the thing that is causing this inward desire is your bad habits from the past. Maybe these, these bad habits have crept into your heart, these bad habits of lust, these bad habits of, of um, sexual sins. I implore you to find an accountability partner, right? 
take note of what those habits are and, and you know, go to another brother and sister in Christ and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Every time I think of this, can I just text you and can you just pray for me in this moment? Maybe it, it is cutting out media that causes you to lust. This, this is something that I've had to do, um, right? Media, it's, it's all over the place. And in these subtle messages of, like I said, they've created apps that say, oh, it's okay to, to have adultery, right? I, a, lot of, a lot of movies now have these really provocative or scenes in there. Or for me, I had to cut out certain um, music that I was listening to. After a while, I realized, what are they actually singing about? Oh, no, this is not good. And it actually causes me to think about, imagine these things and causes me to lust. Cut out the media that is there. As you're going through this, you might be thinking, oh, there's just, just so many rules. It's so much, this is such a hard rule to do, right? You might be thinking, what are the, why are the commandments so important? There are just so many rules. The thing is, if we just look at it as a bunch of rules to do, it does make it really hard. But see, the thing is, is that the commandments are not just a bunch of rules we need to follow. No, they actually protect something that is good, right? They protect something that is good. Last week we learned about thou shall not murder. That one is easy to see what that is protecting, right? If you don't murder, you are protecting all life. When we, when we come here, thou shall not commit adultery. Well, this is protecting what? This is protecting the covenant of marriage. This is um, protecting, right, the sanctity of that family, of that marriage, right? Uh, what, uh, you know, what, what is marriage, right? It's a commitment. It's committing to each other, right? When, when you said your vows, when you got married, right, you committed yourself, you, you committed to each other um, in front of your family and friends, but also in front of God. And you said, I am going to love and cherish this person for the rest of my life, right? Marriage was there to, for procreation, right? It's not just having kids, but it's having kids and raising them in the way of the Lord, right? Um, uh, there, there is another one in there, right? It was, it, marriage is also made there so that you could have the pleasure, right, of having um, sex within, within a, uh, um, a God-ordained place, right? It was so that you could be holy when you have these sexual desires with, with one another, with, uh, with your wife or your husband. But here's the, the biggest thing about marriage. Marriage is a gospel illustration, it is a gospel illustration, and we see this in Ephesians 5, 25 to 31. Husbands, this is after, um, it says, you know, wives submit to your husbands, and then we see this picture of what marriage is supposed to be. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleaning her by the washing of the, of, with water through the word, and to present her um, to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, 
Husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. Who has, who, he who has loved his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and they care for their body just as Christ does the church. For we are the members of the body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and two, the two will become one flesh. That is the picture of marriage, this idea of sacrificial love, this idea, right, that, that, that idea that you've become one flesh, that, right, it's really easy to take care of our bodies, hopefully, right? When we're hungry, we eat. When we are tired, we sleep, right? When, when we, are, we are sad, right, we try to... Um, help make ourselves happy right that is the same thing if you are married right if your spouse is 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 hungry you feed them if your spouse is sad you you try to encourage them right that is the picture because that is what Christ has done for us see this is the view of marriage this is the picture of marriage this is what adultery is protecting it is protecting this lifelong sacrificial commitment to a spouse this is why we should not let anything no sexual sins no lust perverse this sanctity of marriage as a, as the as a gospel illustration if you are married, this is why we don't do this. Maybe you are married to a non-Christian, so husband or wife. Here's the thing. This is still our vision of marriage, right? This is still what we are to do in, a committing, in a, uh, committing to our marriage, right? I've heard so many stories of, of mostly women, honestly, um, that have lived to this, have seen this, and have submitted to their husbands and loved them the way, um, in that way. And actually, many of their husbands have come to Christ. They've prayed for them. And through their witness of their view of marriage, it has happened. Maybe you're sitting here again, and you're single, and you think, well, what does this have to do with me? Well, here's the thing. If this is our view of marriage, right, as someone who's single, if you are dating someone, that dating is to get to know someone, and then that dating will become courtship, right, which is what dating with the idea of marriage. The thing is, if our idea of marriage is askew, as someone who's single, then these other, then, then, then it won't matter. These habits that we have won't matter when we think about, if we see this is what marriage is supposed to be, how much more am I going to think about how I conduct myself? How much more am I going to think about what, what sexual sins do I need to get rid of in my life because I don't want to, when I get married, taint it in any way. Uh, the last thing as I close, right, is that we are the bride of Christ, right? In this image we saw, right, to what? This is what Jesus is doing. This is what Christ is doing for us. It is to make her holy, her meaning the church, holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. 
See, that word washing, right, is this idea of sanctification, this idea that he is wiping away our sins. Actually, that word washing is only used one other time by Paul in the idea where he says, your sins are being washed. And you see Christ, right, in his, what he, well, through his sacrificial love, has cleansed us. He has cleansed us and he's changing us as the bride of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. Here's the thing. Christ is continuing to sanctify us. Maybe you are sitting here and, 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 the, and the Holy Spirit has given you, brought you conviction. Maybe you have committed one of these sins and the weight of that guilt, the, the weight of that sin is pulling on you. Maybe you're sitting here and you are struggling with intense desires. Look, look to the bridegroom. Look to him. He's already changed. He's already changing you. Here's the thing about our God. Our God is so great. There is nothing that can separate him from us. There is no sin too great that the love and the grace of God cannot take away. And if this is this is you struggling now, the Lord can with his help you in this way. He can redeem you from this because he's already done it on the cross. Right? He's already washed our sins on the cross. He's already raised to life so that we can raise to life. Look to the bridegroom. And in the same way, if we see our relationship with, with Christ, if we look to our relationship with the bridegroom, this, this is why we consider it. We don't do these rules because uh, the, uh, we don't only do this, these rules because it says to. No, we do these, these, we take these things that the Bible says seriously because of our relationship with the bridegroom who is sanctify us. And that is why we, we worry. We, we, this is why we focus on controlling our lust. This is why we focus on controlling our sexual desires. This is why we think that adultery is something that is important because of our relationship with the bridegroom. Let's pray. Uh, dear Lord, I thank you for this day. Thank you that we can come and just worship you, Lord. I thank you that you are a God that loves us, Lord God, that you are a God that can take away, Lord, uh, the impurities in our hearts. Lord, I pray that as we go out, that people would see that we are your people, that we are, are your bride that is waiting for you. Lord, I pray that you just be upon every one of us today as we, as, as we, as we tackle, Lord, this sin. Lord, I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.